The views expressed herein reflect the views of the Whistler Agency as of the date of publication. These views may change as conditions change. The views expressed herein are not intended and should not be construed as investment advice, and they do not address any individual's specific situation. Welcome to Whistler While You Retire with Tim Whistler from the Whistler Agency. Here you will learn how Tim helps clients avoid taking unnecessary risks in retirement. With a fiduciary responsibility, Tim's mission is to help retirees and soon-to-be retirees create a greater sense of confidence about their retirement plan. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Whistler While You Retire podcast with Tim Whistler of the Whistler Agency. Oh, and remember, that is Whistler without the T. Now, this time around, we dig further into retirement and how to actually leave the workplace behind. I'm Patrice Sakora. Tim, I would believe a lot of people have a lot of questions as they consider the possibility of actually retiring. I mean, what a concept, right? Not having a regular paycheck anymore? But what are some of the questions you do get asked? Well, let me ask you, Patrice. What would be one of the questions that would be at the top of the list for you and your husband? Well, Tim, I think it's that paycheck question right there. <laughs> you know? Yep, yep, that, that's a pretty common one. I get, I do get that asked quite a bit. Another one I've been asked a few times is, we'll sit down and we'll go through the start going through the the conversation. And there'll be, how do we know if we've saved enough? One I heard not too long ago was, how do we know if our ducks are are in a row? Well, that was kind of interesting. <laughs> and another one, this one's really kind of the, the really right to the nuts and bolts. Are we going to be okay? And one I've heard before is, I don't have as much time to recover if the market crashes again and banks aren't paying anything. What do we do? Yeah. So those are kind of the, the common questions that I get asked during that first conversation as, as folks are considering retirement. So is it mostly a matter of, of just reassuring them? I mean, if they've been working with you, they have a plan, right? Yes. For, for folks that are, that are working together with me, yes, we are, we've kind of gone beyond that. This initial conversation of how do I retire? How do, how do we know that we're able to retire? Those are the types of questions that I get asked what, in during which I call that time of getting acquainted, the get acquainted meeting. It's either a phone call or it's the in-person in meeting. And we're just kind of getting to know each other a little bit. And, and folks are kind of sharing with me, hey, got this 401k. I'm now getting ready to retire, but we don't know if we have enough. Are we going to be okay? You know, those different types of questions. Mm -hmm. Then we start the, the, the conversation from there to figure out, is it the right time for them to retire? How often do you have to say no? Well, as, as we'll discuss here in just a few minutes, I've got a little bit of a, a simple checklist that I have people walk through. And, and there's times where I just simply have to say, let's look at the numbers mm -hmm. and let's have the numbers kind of determine that. And once we've kind of uncovered a lot of the detail, and that, that's what this is all about. This is not something that's just kind of, let's talk about for an hour and move on. Um, this is, there's a lot of detail in here. We've, we'll talk about risks that we've talked about in a previous episode. We'll bring up a couple more risks today during this episode. But there are times, unfortunately, where, you know, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this may not be the right time. Mm. Well, a lot of companies no longer often offer pensions. I mean, that used to be what everybody relied on, a pension. <laughs> right. it, they, those things are far and few between right now. So how does that impact plans for retirement today? Exactly. It's not today what it was like for our parents and grandparents. In, in fact, back then they could put in 35 to 40 years at one company. They'll get a gold watch and a nice pension. 
You don't see that anymore. (laughs) No, we really don't. And it's like, for example, even my dad, I mean, when he got out of high school, he went right into the Air Force. He got out of the Air Force and he hired on with Caterpillar and he retired from Caterpillar. And that's where he's, he had a little side business, you know, that he ran as well. And, but that's what he did. That's what a lot of that generation did. And this was kind of known as the age of defined benefit plans Mm -hmm. where the employer would kind of provide that benefit to the, to the employee. Well, now it's transitioned. Now we live in the world of what we call defined contribution plans. And unfortunately it is more complicated today because the burden of planning a retirement has been shifted to the shoulders of the, of the retiree which leads to the importance of careful planning. And there are many more risks that today's retirees are facing. Even if a person absolutely has burned themselves out at their job and they seem like they just can't deal with it and I got to get out of here. I sincerely urge them to game plan the exit strategy and take a deep breath, harness the emotions and let's put logic in the driver's seat because a little bit of pain at that job for just a few more weeks or months is a far better scenario than coping with a lot of pain during your retirement years. In a previous episode, Tim, you mentioned uh, one of the biggest risks retirees face is market risk. I mean, yeah, as you were saying before, they can't afford to really lose. But you had an episode that zero is my hero, and you shared the importance of learning how to hedge against this market risk. What's another risk in retirement? Well, the list of, list of risks that retirees can face during this time of their life is, is quite extensive. But, I, but from that list, I believe that there are five that most every retiree will face. And these risks are real, and they can have significant and devastating effects on a retiree's ability to maintain the retirement game plan. And please understand, I do not mean this to be taken as fear-mongering. Nor do, as I, nor do I want to be known as a, as a glass is half empty kind of guy, right? We all, we all know that life is constantly full of risks and retirement is no different. So the key to giving yourself a fighting chance to enjoy the retirement you've planned is to become aware of the dangers and educate yourself on how to address the risks that you face in retirement. So just like you said, you talked about the Zero is My Hero episode during which we talked about the market risk, mm-hmm. which is very, very real. And having that hedge against the downside of a potential market crash is very critical, especially if an asset or a group of assets are to be used to generate income for retirement. There must be safety that protects and preserves the value of those assets. Well, to answer your question, another significant risk that we face in retirement is longevity. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Longevity mean how long we're living? Correct. The light, I mean, this may be something that will shock a lot of people. The life expectancy for a 65-year-old couple is 30 years, which means the longest surviving spouse could live well into their 90s. Oh, you better have saved for that. Exactly. Because with, with more years potentially in front of us, we need to carefully consider what the quality of life will look like. Mm-hmm. So many times we hear the phrase quality over quantity, you know, as we reference all sorts of things. For example... I absolutely love the game of baseball and baseball is all about numbers and stats. And one of the stats they use for a starting pitcher is what they call quality starts. They don't necessarily look at how many games he starts, but how many quality starts he has, how many innings did he pitch and how many earned runs did he give up? So when we apply that phrase quality over quantity in retirement and how it pertains to addressing longevity risk, we need to pose the question, what if, our longer years of life have less quality. And that 
gets into the cost of health care, but let's not talk about that just yet and really scare ourselves. <laughs> Let, let's go back to these these risks that you've got in mind here. And, and what do I do to, to have a better chance at a successful retirement? Well, if somebody asks me, if I just meet somebody passing or if we're in an elevator or whatnot, you get to talk with somebody you've never met before and they ask, what do you do? And, and I just tell people, my specialty is helping people avoid taking unnecessary risk in retirement. My role is to help my clients determine a retirement age decision with not only financial issues, but also with their personal values. And if people see a business card or a letterhead, they, they see that there's some designations behind my name. And, and those designations certainly aren't there to impress anyone because people don't care how much I know until they know how much I care. Mm -hmm. But those designations represent months and months of constant studying so that I'm able to educate and inform and empower my clients. The content that I'm taught to earn those designations are incredible sources of viable content for my clients. So, so I believe that it's vital that an aspiring retiree start with a simple yet hopefully meaningful six-step checklist for retirement. Now, again, we can Google this to our to the, to the cows come home. I mean, there's so many <laughs> things we can Google and there might be all kinds of different steps out there, but just over the years of doing this, I've kind of just simplified it down to, you know, if we just cover six basic checklists or six different steps in this checklist, I think we got a good start. So I would say step number one, determine your game plan. Well, that makes sense. I, yeah. yeah. You know, have somebody, if, if somebody says, Hey, Tim, we want to sit down, we want to talk about retirement. Okay. My question back to them is going to be, okay, what do you want to do in retirement? Cause it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Some people might want to travel the world. Some people just want to just completely veg and just relax. But, you know, I just encourage people to list out your plans. What, what are you thinking about? You might be doing on a daily basis, a quarterly basis. What do you want to do every year? I had a lot of fun whenever back in the day when we could do seminars and get together and social, you know, <laughs> social <laughs> elements of restaurants and that sort of thing. And I would give dinner seminars and I would love to ask the question of the room of people and say, okay, the first five of you to raise your hand, tell me what's one thing you'd love to do in retirement. And I'd get quite, you know, answers to my questions such as I want to volunteer. We want to travel. We want to spoil our grandkids. We want to start a new hobby, et cetera. And that's kind of what retirement's all about. What do you want to do? Another thing that we want to do with the game plan is plan your legacy. We're all going to leave a legacy behind, whether we like to think about that or not. It's going to happen. We're going to leave a legacy. Some folks maybe want to bounce that last check to the undertaker and maybe <laughs> <laughs> spend everything they've got, you know, all the way down to that last penny. And some people maybe want to leave some, some funds behind for their kids or for their grandkids. So that needs to be a part of the game plan as well. So I'd say step one, determine your game plan. What do you want to do in retirement? Number two is run the numbers. We've all heard the expression, numbers don't lie, but people do. So you asked that question of me at the very beginning, you know, what, how many times have I ever, ever had to tell somebody, no, you really can't, or, or should we retire? Well, right. that's what we have to, to answer. Can you afford to retire? We were talking off the air before we started about real estate. And, and as we know, real estate is all about three things, location, location, location. <laughs> <laughs> well, as having that same, having that same chassis, I would say retirement income is all about budget, budget, budget. Oh. We have to know the numbers. And one of the things that I ask somebody who is not quite 65 and they're going to retire, my question to them is, what are you going to do about health insurance until you're eligible for Medicare? Right. That's, that can be a 
big shocking situation to address if we're not planning for that. Another situation to run the numbers, and this is a huge one, we could actually have a whole nother episode about this one, but what are your social security benefit options? Oh, you know, and they're convoluted too. Oh goodness, you talk about a mess. Really? So one of the things that I ask people to bring with them when we're gonna have that first conversation is either if you if you've had a recent statement mailed to you, or if you've taken the time to create your account online and you can view your social security statement, show me the number that is based upon what they call your full retirement age. So for example, people that are turning 65 this calendar year, they were born in 55. Their full retirement age would be 66 years and two months. Mm -hmm. That's when they, they have it. That's when they have access to the full retirement age. But on that statement, it'll show them if they want to turn it on at 62, if they want to delay it to 70. So what I always kind of tell, tell them is, if you share with me the full retirement age benefits, we can then crunch the numbers to determine another answer to a question of when is the optimal time to elect your benefits? Does it make sense to go ahead and turn them on early? Does it make sense to possibly delay them? You know, there's all kinds of variables that answer that particular question. And if it comes down to it where we say, well, maybe we should be able to defer those benefits just for a little while longer. Okay, well, what if we pull, possibly pull from an investment account mm -hmm. to delay turn on that benefit? Because again, numbers don't lie. For, for one in every three retirees, Social Security is 90% of the retirement income. Are you kidding me? 90%? No. Nine, for one in three. I mean, that's, that's a huge, huge number. Wow. So that decision has got to be thought out of and, and carefully considered as we turn that on. Oh, yeah. Another number. Again, we talked about this is kind of slowly going away, but there are still pensions out there. And somebody's getting ready to retire and they, they submit that paperwork to HR. And next thing you know, HR mails them a packet of 15 pages and say, okay, here's your options to maximize your pension. What do you want to do? Well, <laughs> what, what do you mean? Yeah. What do I want to do? I can't <laughs> even read the language, you know? So how do we maximize that pension benefit? Do we simply take our pension based upon our life? Or if that retiree is married and they want to possibly bring in what we call joint and survivor benefits, how much of that should be passed on to their spouse? Half of it, a third of it, all of it? I mean, what numbers do we look at? So again, that we run the numbers for that scenario as well. Another big one is the IRS. How do we mitigate tax liability? Right. right. Oh, the SECURE Act, everybody's kind of familiar with the SECURE Act now and how they bump back acquired minimum distributions mm -hmm. from 70 and a half to 72. Well, that's fine and dandy if we don't have to take that, but if we keep kicking that can down the road, and those accounts continue to grow in value, what's our tax liability doing? It's also increasing. So we kind of crunch the numbers and say, well, maybe, maybe does it make sense to start looking at converting some of that tax deferred money into some tax free money, especially if we've got that type of longevity in front of us. So that second step, you know, run the numbers, I think is, is a big one. That's a whole nother podcast in itself, my man. Oh, you aren't a kid. And I know when I, when I was putting this together, I'm thinking, holy cow, I'm just, I'm building the next five podcasts. That's right. But now um, I see number three here is health related. Tell me about that. Exactly. So maintaining your health. This, this is, I think this one here is, is one that's as important as any of them. Nobody likes to go to the doctor. I mean, we all know that because it just seems like we're going to find out something we don't want to know, but I just encourage people, get your annual checkups, just at least make sure everything on the inside looks as good as it does on the outside and, and, and maintaining your health, getting checkups and physical and mental activity is huge. You think back to the years while we were working, you had purpose in your day to day, you had responsibilities, 
you were completing tasks, projects, perhaps you even had a commute. Maybe you'd taken some business trips. Your life had purpose mm -hmm. during that phase of life that we call the accumulation phase when you were building wealth towards your retirement. Well, the same holds true now when we retire. We still have to have purpose in our life. And, and, and people might say, well, Tim, you know, I'm just going to relax and take life as it comes. Well, that's great. I, I want you to be able to relax. I'm not talking about having purpose is going to create stress. Right. It simply means that you still need to know what you're going to want to do on a regular basis. You know, have some purpose because that purpose will keep you mentally strong. And if we're mentally strong, usually our physical well-being will kind of follow along as well. And here you're talking purpose, but I should also think you need some stimulation to keep you going too. Yes, absolutely. Stimulation's big because like you said, that that's what creates that purpose for physical and, and mental activity. So it's very, very important that we do that. The fourth step in this simple checklist is what I've called build and maintain relationships. Again, during those years of working, we had purpose. We, we were building relationships. So if we're going to retire, who's going to take the place of the coworkers? Now, some people are like going to be like, I am so glad <laughs> to be done with some of those people. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and, and I get it. I was in corporate America for 12 years and I get it. But now we're, now we're looking to build and maintain relationships with our friends, our family, acquaintances. So take advantage of the online resources that are out there. There's Facebook, there's LinkedIn, there's Twitter, there's all kinds of different social media. And here's another one that I, it's always fun to kind of bring up. Can you use your skill set to help others? Maybe mm -hmm. somebody truly did like what they, what they enjoyed doing. Maybe they just wanted some, some time away from it to spend more time with friends and family. Well, okay, that's fantastic. You've got a lot of experience. Perhaps you can spend some of that time in retirement, maybe as a mentor maybe sharing your knowledge and experience with future generations. You know, so again, that, that gives the opportunity to, like you said, not only keep us sharp mentally, but also can kind of expand our network a little bit if we want to do something like that. Now, in your position, have you seen men having a tougher time with relationships than women? You know, that's a great question. I, I think so. I, I think a guy overall is just a little bit more independent and laid back. We're a little more proud, you know, and we don't need this. And we don't need that. We can do it on ourselves. That's why when I'm having a conversation or multiple conversations, I should say with, with husband and a wife, I, I love asking those, those types of questions and saying, Hey, what, what are you planning on doing? You know, how, how are you going to build that network? What are you going to, who are you going to engage with and, and talk through? And, and, and those are fun conversations to have because again, they start talking about something that's interesting to them and, and their friends and their family and their acquaintances as well. Mm -hmm. So, so Number five, prepare for the what ifs. Now, again, we all know life happens and it happens without our permission. So even though we want to envision retirement years of being full of sunny skies and unicorns and rainbows, <laughs> I'm sorry, I got to be the one that talks about the storms of life, right? And there's an asteroid that's coming. Look at <laughs> That's right. There's the asteroid. That's right. So those what ifs. Okay, here we go. What if one of us gets sick and needs care? Well, where do we want to receive that care? Mm. You know, most people want to receive that care at home. They're at home, they're comfortable, that's where, and that's fine. Okay, so if we want to receive that care at home, the follow-up question is, what asset or assets do we have to use to fund that care? So that's, that's a big what if. And like you said, that's, that's probably going to be an episode here in the very near future. Good, good. <laughs> Another big what if. And again, not to be doom and gloom, but it, it's happened. What if the stock market crashes again? If it does, we've not properly taken steps to implement some safety and protecting those accounts that are creating income. That what if can be a little bit of an impact. So we need to kind of address that as well. Mm -hmm. 
And here's another big one. And this one just hits really close to, to home. What if my spouse passes away? And I, I've had this experience more times than not, but, but one that really comes to mind is, is just this wonderful couple, Harry and Sandy. And um, they came and, and saw me. They responded to a radio ad that I had running. I still have run radio ads running right now, but just several years ago, one particular one they responded to and they came in and we, we sat down and they're still a few years away from retirement at that point, but we kind of started game plan a little bit. And, and after a couple different meetings, we decided to move an old 401k into a, uh, one of those concepts that I talked about in zero is your hero. Then all of a sudden, you know, a few, a few months after that, all of a sudden I get this phone call that they needed to come and see me right away. So of course I, I set the appointment. I'm kind of thinking, oh, well, I wonder what this is going to be about. It can't be about this or it can't be about that, but okay, we'll find out. And they both come in. I can see on their faces. I can just see it. They just weren't as, mm-hmm. you know, the smiles weren't as big. The level of excitement wasn't quite there. And, and so we sit down, I'm like, well, what's going on? And, and that's when he, they, he shared with me that he was just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Oh, and I just thought, oh, dear Lord, here we go. And, yeah. you know, so he just said, I, I just don't, I don't think it's good. Just started talking about where it's at, what stage he's in and everything. And he just wanted to kind of start getting everything lined up for Sandy. And, right. and again, shortly thereafter, he did pass. And so what has happened since that time is instead of it being Harry and Sandy having the conversations about retirement, now it's Sandy, her daughter, son-in-law and son having the conversations with me about Sandy's retirement. And that's when we implemented all these different steps in this checklist for Sandy, because she was still working at the time. She didn't want to be working, but just trying to adjust to the new normal. She just wanted to keep working for a little while. And then we started having the conversation probably about a year and a half, two years ago about could she afford to retire? And and that's where, that's why I kind of talk about Harry kind of had that foresight of of the what ifs. And, and even though he knew maybe his time was short or thought his time here on earth was running short, we kind of started that, that game plan then, because that's, that's a big, what if, especially when we're talking for husband and wife, you know, what if that time comes sooner than we expect, what do we do? So that's, that's a big one. Right. And then the last one to close out the little checklist here is, is partner with an expert. Again, we, we can we can just there's so much information out there. We can just <laughs> go over and find so much information on the internet and all kinds of articles. But just having an expert, just to kind of maybe partner alongside of you to maybe help you analyze and maybe implement and monitor the plan is I think is is a is a good idea. And if somebody's going to consider finding that expert to partner with, I would encourage them to to ask great questions and just be very very detailed as far as interviewing that person. So for example, what is your why? Why are you in this business? Why do you do what you do? Another big one is, are you a fiduciary? I get asked that question all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a, that's a big, that's a big uh, subject these days. Another good question would be is what is your approach on income planning? Find out from that expert, what is their approach on income planning? How do they go about advising clients to create income during retirement? What are their qualifications? That's a very fair question. If we're going to consider somebody's expertise, how are they qualified? And, and what have they done up to that point? Are, are they captive or, or are they independent? In other words, are they representing just one company with their offerings of solutions or are they independent? And I've, I've lived both worlds. I was When I first came into the business full-time back in March of 2004, I was captive. I was I was with one particular company, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. But I realized just a couple couple years into it that I needed access to more companies because that one company can't be everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I I, I just kind of repositioned my agency 
back in 2007. And I've been independent now ever since, because that way, then whenever I sit down with somebody and we're going through this checklist and we're crunching the numbers and we're discussing the values and we're, we're addressing the fears, I may need to use two or three or four different companies to address each of those and provide those solutions. So being independent is, is kind of a big deal as that person is, is engaging in a conversation with that expert and you're kind of engaging them and, and getting to know them a little bit better and talking, do you kind of feel like they're pushing product or are they offering solutions? That's a, that's a big one. I've had people call me right up the phone. Hey, I heard your radio ad and what kind of interest rate can I expect to get? I'm like, okay, hold on a second. <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about right now. What product are we even talking about? Yeah. So, you know, it, it kind of comes down to let's have the conversation to determine these six steps, like the very first one we just talked about, you know, having a game plan, what do you want to have in retirement kind of move through that. And the solution makes more sense other than, than, you know, just trying to be focused in on one product. You've got these steps here, Tim. It's great. Mm -hmm. They just go to underscore the fact that life changes, our world changes. Basically, this is a journey and you have a story that you wanted to include here. I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> well, you know, for the husband and wives who have different views regarding the gas gauge, <laughs> they're going to oh, yeah. appreciate this story. <laughs> and I'm laughing because Ron and I have this exact same opinion, but, but I just think this story really bodes true when it comes to retirement and how to really enjoy the journey. And here's the story, a husband and wife were driving through the desert. They're getting ready to celebrate an anniversary and they're, they're heading to this resort town in Arizona. And on the highway, they passed a sign that said last gas for 90 miles. And the wife says, you need to pull over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Husband looks at the gas gauge and it says, you know what? We've got a hundred miles until it's empty. We'll be fine. He keeps on going. So down the road a little ways, they pass another sign, 60 miles to gas. Husband looks at the gas gauge because he can see his wife kind of peering over a little bit. He goes, honey, we've got 68 miles until empty. We're fine. They pass the next sign, 50 miles to gas. Gas gauge shows 58 miles to empty. Husband again says, we're going to be just fine. And so it went 40 miles to gas. Gas gauge says 40 miles, 45 miles to empty, 20 miles to gas, and the gas gauge shows 24 miles to empty. Finally, the couple pulls into the resort town, into that gas station, and the husband looks down at the gas gauge, and it was four miles to empty, and he turns to his wife and goes, see, I told you we didn't need to, we didn't need to stop for gas. <laughs> well, they fill up the tank. They head on down to the resort. When they're checking in, the front desk receptionist welcomes them and says, wasn't that the most beautiful drive you've ever experienced in your life? <laughs> that route is ranked as one of the top 10 most scenic drives in all of America. And the couple looked at each other because they hadn't been looking out the window at the scenery. They spent the entire time looking at the gas gauge. <laughs> and, and the point of that story is it's, it's just a lot like retirement. If we don't put steps in place that protect and hedge and provide some safety in different scenarios, we might be spending way too much time looking at those monthly statements and wondering if there's enough in the tank. Yeah. So I, that's, <laughs> I think that story just bodes true. <laughs> that is a great story. And we are kind of running late here, uh, running short, but I want to ask you, if a listener has already retired and is now listening to this podcast, is it too late for them? Oh, absolutely not. Not not at all. You know, they, they may have already turned on their social security benefits and maybe they've already turned on their pension benefits as well. But we could certainly sit down, review their budgets. We can look at their assets. We can talk about, again, how to mitigate tax liability. We can uncover the what ifs to make sure they've got plans in place to hedge against those types of major risks. 
And then, Tim, how can people get in touch with you if they want to? They can reach me a couple different ways. I'm, I'm pretty accessible. My email address is tim at thewhistleragency.com. My phone number is 309-291-0491. And they can certainly go to my website at www.thewhistleragency.com. And I do believe we're going to have another podcast coming. We've got a lot of great topics here, but I'd like to turn, talk about those Social Security benefits in depth. I think a lot of people could use that information. Absolutely. Thank you, Tim. Tim Whistler of the Whistler Agency without the T. To subscribe to all of Tim's Whistler While You Retire podcasts, use the subscribe button on this page. And you can also share with the share button. I'm Patrice Sikora, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to Whistler While You Retire. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Whistler Agency. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. Content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment advisory and financial planning services offered through Simplicity Wealth LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance, consulting, and education services offered through the Whistler Agency. The Whistler Agency is a separate and unaffiliated entity from Simplicity Wealth LLC. This presentation is not endorsed or approved by the Social Security Office or any other government agency. This podcast is not intended to provide specific legal or tax advice and cannot be used to avoid penalties or to promote, market, or recommend any tax plan or arrangement. You are encouraged to consult your personal tax advisor or attorney. The characters in this podcast are for illustrative purposes only. Your actual experience may vary.